It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We have talked a lot about the NBA draft. There's plenty more to say about the NBA draft, but plenty more to say about the NBA draft on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, Monday's episode of Locked on Magic, and on and on and on and on. Keegan Murray is supposedly going to be in town uh, on Thursday, so that's that's super exciting. We'll talk a little bit about him, uh, I suppose. But let's talk about the rest of the offseason. What else is on the plate for the Orlando Magic, and how are they going to solve some of the problems, plus a big-time finals preview It's once again time for a Thursday edition of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Locked On Magic. Today is June 2nd, 2022. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to go over some of the big needs that the Magic have to fill this offseason, both skill needs and positional needs, and where they might find them. Perhaps some trade, trade suggestions and trade ideas, perhaps some draft ideas as well as we dive into the Orlando Magic offseason now with a month to go, not just before the NBA draft on June 23rd, but free agency starting on July 1st. Before we do that, though, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Be sure to check out Locked On Celtics and Locked On Warriors to get you ready for the NBA Finals, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Obviously, uh, there is a lot the Orlando Magic have to do this offseason. Maybe not everything this offseason, but there is a lot on the Orlando Magic's plate and a lot on the Orlando Magic's table uh, this offseason. We need to see it's a big draft pick, but this is a... T- Scoot Henderson, um, a couple other players that, I, that you know, I'm, I'm, I, I try not to look too far ahead, but this is a very good this is a very good top of the draft class coming up next year. Potentially change, and not in the same way this year's draft class is, unfortunately. Um, but the Magic have a lot of work to do to get where they want to go. I, I've kind of said it here. I, I, I will continue to kind of put this on the on the table. Essentially, the Orlando Magic's goal for the upcoming season is to make progress. Um, you know, some people would say, oh, if we're healthy, we should be in the play-in tournament, which maybe, I'm not going to say that's impossible. The goal for the Orlando Magic this coming season should be to just continue to get better, to continue to make improvements, to continue to push this reload rebuild forward to make this team better. And obviously getting the first overall pick is going to be a big part of that. 
Jonathan Isaac being healthy is a big part of that. Markel Fultz having a fully healthy offseason is a big part of that. Internal development is a big part of that. But the offseason is going to be a big part of it too. Um, and, and the Magic are going to have to solve some problems here uh, very, very quickly with the resources they have. Obviously, let's just go through what they have in their quiver. They have the first overall pick in the draft. That's great. That's going to solve some of the problems. We'll get into some of them here in a minute. They have the 32nd and 35th picks in the draft as well. Two very high-value, high-leverage second-round picks. We know the Magic's history under Jeff Waltman of kind of not going for second-round picks. And I would say if there's a draft where you're not going to necessarily go for a second-round pick, this might be the one, although there's a few players that I am interested in and, and might be willing to trade even up into the first round to make sure that I get. Um, they're, 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 the Magic have some options there, and they obviously have the tools. The Magic will also have roughly, by my count, the last time I counted, and you know I'm not so great at the maths, um, the Magic will have roughly $30 million of cap space to play with. They're going to have some money to throw around. Now, this is not a big free agent class. This is not considered a particularly strong free agent class. But the Magic do have money to throw around, whether that's using it in a trade uh, to, to take on some salary, whether that is going after some free agent or overpaying a, a veteran free agent to come into Orlando. Obviously, you know, you're looking at a team like this, uh, and we're talking about this a lot in, in the context of the draft. Um, you're not necessarily looking for positional needs. Um, honestly, what's, what's more important right now is finding players that make your team better um, and, and can kind of help try and start to tie this thing together. Um, the big point that I have consistently made is, you know, one thing Orlando has to find is a primary score. And, and again, that might already be on the roster. I'm not going to foreclose that possibility, but they need to find a primary score. They need to find a guy that they can give the ball to, that can get them 20 points a night, that can score. You know, the Magic have one of the worst offenses in the league, obviously. Um, and, and so finding a way to bottom group there even just getting themselves out of where they were with Nikola Vucevic, as good as Nikola Vucevic was, they needed another score. They needed another primary score to kind of carry that team. And again, against that, in that series against the Bucks, Aaron Gordon was out. Uh, Evan Fournier was not 100%. The bubble was weird. Uh, but Orlando needed offense, and, and that was a big part of why they lost to both Toronto uh, and Milwaukee in, in their two playoff series just a few years ago. Obviously, the first place you're going to look for this primary score is the number one pick in the draft. Whether it's Paolo Bancaro, whether it's Chet Holmgren, whether it's Jabari Smith. To me, Paolo Bancaro is the best of the of these guys that fits this type. But you can convince me that Jabari Smith can get there. You can convince me that Chet Holmgren can get there too. So again, I, 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 we will use these guys. The three-point shooting is there for Jabari. The defense and backup center is there for Chet Holmgren. The, the wing depth, the the... The primary scoring is there for Paolo Bancaro. All three of these guys fill needs that the Magic have and will be very key players. Um, you know, we had talked a lot about Jabari Smith yesterday. We're going to get to Paolo. We're going to get to Chet a little bit later on. Um, not too far down the road, actually. We're going to probably talk. We're going to talk about Chet tomorrow. We're going to talk about Paolo on Monday. Um, these guys, uh, these guys do a lot of really good things um, and. Um, again, I, I don't think I, I, I all these guys fill the need. Um, let's just let's let's uh, let's just put it that way. Um, but the Magic do have some other options if they want to go down these paths. Um, I floated it out there. Our, our friends 
Um, at Bet Online, it put some odds down on on the Magic's ability to sign Zach Levine. Um, I am not in favor of signing Zach Levine. I think that uh, his knee injury is very, very serious. I don't think he's on the same timeline as Orlando, but and I don't think he's on the same timeline as Orlando either. I think he wants to be in a championship uh, ready team. I don't think he wants to be the the lead guy of a rebuild. Um, so I don't think that's I don't think that's that's the path the Magic are going to go down. But if I'm Orlando, I have the money. I want to get in that room. And if anything, just for the practice and experience of talking to a big-name free agent. Obviously, Zach Levine is a max guy. He is getting the max. Someone is paying him the max, whether it's Chicago, whether it's San Antonio, whether it's Orlando, whether it's Detroit. Someone is paying him the max. And I think everyone anticipates that he's going to stay in Chicago. I think that's probably the best move for all parties involved. But if I'm Orlando, I want a meeting. I want to try and get a meeting. Because even if Zach Levine deteriorates pretty quickly on the back end of that contract, you would hope that those final two years he can be a secondary player, a sometimes primary scorer, and guys like Franz Wagner, like your draft pick here, are ready to take on a bigger role. Um, again, that's just a for instance. I'm not advocating the Magic do, do this. Um, I do have the very real injury concerns, but you put Zach Levine on this team, they are a playoff team immediately. Uh, and that really pushes the timeline for this team, obviously, to get good and get good fast. As a player like Zach Levine, right now, he should be focused on winning championships. Um, you know, again, I believe Chicago can help him is his best chance to win a championship just by timing and luck. We'll see. But his focus should be on... Uh, his legacy is a, a big word, but his focus... He's got his money. His fo- This will be his last big contract, probably. But his focus should be on developing... Uh, and winning, and, and obviously that's something that's that's kind of been missing on his resume. But that's th- this is the point here. Orlando should be seeking out primary scores. They should be seeking out guys that they can build their offense around and take them to that next level, whatever it is. And again, more likely than not, it is going to be a guy that they get in the draft. We'll talk about some of the other big needs that I see on this Magic roster, including a few positional needs that they will have to fill and where Mo Bamba and Gary Harris fit into all this. We'll get into that coming up here in just... But first, a quick word from our pals at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family that has serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you can need, from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find solution, the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there, how did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
before we get back to talking about the Orlando Magic Deeds, I have something that I need from you. We at the Lockdown Podcast Network have put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown Podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown Podcasts. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Again, LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, and we truly appreciate all your help. So obviously, the primary scorer thing, that the guy that kind of ties the whole project together you're not going anywhere in this league. You're not winning anything of significance in the league, in this league unless you have that. That's the truth of the matter. You're not going anywhere without that player. And so that's why it's a little bit of an obsession to find it. But the Magic do have other needs. Um, the, the, the other one, obviously, the big one is shooting. The Magic need more three-point shooting. I would venture to say any wing player they acquire, whether it's in the draft, whether it's in free agency, whether it's in a trade, they need to be able to shoot the ball and need to be able to shoot the ball effectively. Orlando finished in the, the season 28th in the league in a three-point field goal percentage at around 33%. They finished 11th in attempts per game. I give Jamal Mosley a lot of credit. He did a really good job modernizing this Magic offense, putting in some more modern concepts, trying to get this team uh, up to another level on that end, but they aren't. They weren't ready to kind of play that way. And obviously, there's a lot of internal improvement that has to that has to happen. Uh, you know, getting better players will get more open three-pointers. That'll lead to an increase in percentage as well. Um, it's all tied together that way. So Orlando needs to get better knockdown shooters. It's going to make life easier for everybody, as much space as Marco Fultz can create for everyone. They need more shooters, period, full stop. That's, that's, that's an easy one. But if you look at the Magic's depth chart, there is definitely one big need that they have. Um, and, and, and honestly, this is my priority in free agency. And obviously, it's, it's kind of part of the big question for the Orlando Magic this offseason. They need a backup center. If you look at the starting lineup right now, my projected starting lineup would be Markel Fultz at point guard, Jalen Suggs at the two, Franz Wagner at the three, whoever the Magic draft at the four, or depending on who they draft at the five, and then Wendell Carter filling out that last position. That means the only center on the roster currently, um, well, you know, that's not a free agent, is Mo Wagner. I like Mo Wagner. I think Mo Wagner gives this team a lot. I think he's a good fill-in guy. I think the Magic will be making a little bit of a mistake if he is their backup center. So whether the Magic end up drafting a backup center, and there's a lot of really interesting center prospects in the early second round, it looks like, whether it's Jalen Williams of Arkansas whether it's Ishmael Camagate uh, uh, from, from, uh, from I think he plays in Paris. I think he's originally from Paris. Um, whether it's Khalifa Jop, um, you know, Mark Williams will probably be gone by then, but maybe the Magic trade up into the, into the first round to try and get him. Um, you've got, uh, you, the, I mean, Nikola Jovic is a, it's a 3-4 um, that I think you could maybe platoon him a little bit as a stretch five. Um, there, there are plenty of, albeit raw, but center options in the draft. Um, but I, if it were me, my preference is go find a veteran center to fill that role. Um, and, but unfortunately, this is just not a very good free agent class. The veteran centers that you'd be looking at are JaVale McGee. Um, they are, let me, let me pull up my list here. 
Thomas Bryant list. It, it is a strong free agent class. Um, there are definitely trade options out there. You know, maybe the you know a team that I have kind of targeted as a potential Terrence Ross trade and in a trade up move is Dallas. Um, I think Terrence space the floor. Mallory um, matches Dwight Powell's. Um, Dwight Powell's got one year left on his deal. He's a pretty solid defender. Um, I've also targeted Dorian Finney-Smith at various times with Dallas as well. I don't think that, that that'll... With each account, they do rely pretty heavily uh, on on Dwight Powell um, for starting starting minutes. So it, it, the, the strange thing is, you know, now that... It, now that you know, and, and we'll dive more into this. I, I want to talk more about this later. But the strange thing is, everything just kind of circles back. Magic just re-signed Mo Bamba. Um, they know him. He's invested in what this team's doing. He fits the team's style. They they know they can trust him. They can start him if they need to start him at the start of the year. They can definitely do that. If you know, will it will he be willing to accept a role off the bench? That is certainly a bench role. If you view that as a demotion and not you know not that he won't work as hard, but not kind of give the Magic the effort that they need. Will he force his way out? All those are fair questions, and I think the Magic ultimately really do try and do right, uh, right by the people uh, people in their organization. Um, but at the Magic do need to keep some mid-tier salaries. They need to spend some money this offseason. If you're spending $12 million a year on Mo Bamba for this year with the idea that you will be trading him in the near future, I don't think that's necessarily a terrible idea. Um, if you asked me before I did this article, before I looked into this, whether the Magic would re-sign Mo Bamba, I probably would have said 60-40 that he's gone. Honestly, I'm back to 50-50 on whether the Magic do match and keep Mo Bamba. Um, looking at the available free agent list, it is not a strong list. And so I think Orlando uh, will almost certainly be exploring sign and trade options. They will most certainly be considering keeping Mo Bamba. And that ultimately might be the best decision for the team. Similarly, uh, the other big need that I see for this Orlando Magic team is a veteran leader, is veteran leadership. Just a veteran who's invested in what this team is doing. And that's why... Losing Terrence Ross is kind of a big hit. Um, you know, Robin Lopez, I don't think they'll bring him back. Uh, you know, Gary Harris's free agency is a big question mark as well. I think the Magic should be trying to perhaps re-sign Gary Harris as well. And, you know, again, it starts to sound like the Magic are going to bring back the same 22-win team, which I don't think is a good idea. I think the Magic do need to make a move somewhere. They even if I don't think they necessarily need to make the consolidation trade that, that a lot of Magic fans have been talking about, but... Um, that that trade is coming, but I don't think they have to make it now. Um, but Gary Harris does, fills a lot of boxes. They know that he is a great three-point shooter. They know that he is a good veteran. Uh, will give them the wing depth that they need. That's the other big weakness I see on this roster right now is just a lack of wing depth, especially if you're trading Terrence Ross. And obviously, they'll bring some players in for to help with that. Um, but getting a two-three and some wing depth, uh, I, I think are absolute must for the Orlando Magic during this offseason. So. You can already see Orlando has a lot of needs. Now, a lot of things are going to overlap. If you draft Jabari Smith, you got your three-point shooter. If you draft Chet Holmgren, you might have your backup center or someone who can platoon at that center position. You draft, you keep Gary Harris, you keep a veteran, you sign a three-point shooter. You keep Mo Bamba, you got a, a backup center pretty well locked up, as well as adding as well as maintaining some three-point shooting. So, it, a lot of these needs overlap, but very clearly Orlando has work to do this offseason. They have to continue to add guys to their roster, and they have to continue to get themselves ready for the next phase of their rebuild. 
We are going to chat about the NBA Finals. I'll give you my Finals pick, and we'll hear from an NBA champion himself to get you ready for Game 1 of the 2022 NBA Finals. But first, a quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Go Lightning, although not so much on, on Wednesday, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, uh, you have seen the power of the Locked On Podcast Network here. You have seen uh, that, that we have such a great network of, of guests to kind of give us uh, insight and perspective that I don't have. Um, we talked with Zach Lockerby of Locked On Auburn about Jabari Smith on yesterday's episode of Locked On Magic. We will be talking to uh, the host of Locked On Gonzaga as well as the host of Locked On Duke in future episodes of Locked On Magic. They are on the calendar. I'm recording them tomorrow. Uh, so they are on their way to you very, very shortly. So we will be diving in to the NBA draft for people who watch the, the, these top players play every single day. But tonight is a big night for the NBA in, in general. It is the first day, first game of the NBA Finals, and it is going to be a really exciting final series. The Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics have quietly been a really interesting matchup for a long time. The Celtics have kind of had Golden State's number, but you know, as I was thinking about this series, it's kind of the... It almost feels like a passing of the torch series or the potential for a passing of the torch series where you have Golden State, the team that has been the stalwart in the finals. They've been the six of the last eight NBA finals. They've got uh, three championships in that span. This feels like they're, you know, all the Golden State people talk about it. They're trying to build a bridge to the next generation of Warriors with Jordan Poole, with James Wiseman, they hope, with perhaps Andrew Wiggins. Um... This is a Warriors team that that found new life uh, and is really grabbing grabbing for it one last time, much like the Spurs did um, uh, back in 20... I'm blanking on the year, 2012, 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. The Celtics have been knocking on the door for this finals run for a very, very long time. Ever since the big three of Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen left, Boston's still been really good. They had maybe one or two... They had maybe one or two bad years, but... They did such a good job collecting uh, draft picks, staying nimble, and making smart decisions. People question them taking Jalen Brown. Everyone kind of forgets that. Jason Tatum was not a home run pick, especially considering Boston traded down from the number one pick, one of the rare times that trading down from the number one pick worked. Um, but And they've gone through a lot of iterations with Isaiah Thomas, with, uh, with Kyrie Irving. It's been a bumpy road to get here. And honestly, if Boston would have lost 
in Game 7. I'm not one to say that you should panic and split guys up, but it just felt like Boston was just constantly knocking on the door and their time would never come. Well, their time is here. We could tell you as Magic fans, when your window is open, you got to take advantage of it. It doesn't matter whether you're inexperienced or not. This is going to be a fascinating series between two of the top defenses in the league. Everyone forgets Golden State is one of the best defenses in the league. One of the truly transcendent players in Stephen Curry, one of the great young stars in Jason Tatum. There are so many intriguing matchups. Draymond Green playing free safety or defending Jason Tatum straight up. Andrew Wiggins in his newfound defense likely getting the call on Jalen Brown. Where's Clay Thompson uh, in his recovery? Is he ready to kind of be Game 6 Clay more often? Um, how does Bo- can, can Boston handle the improvisation that Golden State provides um, as they try to figure out their switching defense? It's going to be a fascinating and it's going to be a fantastic series. In the end, though, I am taking the Warriors in six games. Um, I feel like Golden State is just more prepared for the moment. And while Boston has, uh, Golden State has a little bit more depth, but Boston has maybe the better player, the best player in this game and this series with Jason Tatum, but they don't always play like it. Miami should not, I mean, all credit to Miami. That series was always about what Boston wasn't doing. The turnovers, the rush shots, the bad shots, the long droughts offensively. And again, credit to Miami's defense there, but Boston also missed a lot of shots and took some bad shots that they shouldn't have been taking. Golden State, what they do really well is when you make mistakes, when you go into lulls, they don't just they don't just beat you, they murder you. They they Get as graphic as they're as graphic as the end of Stranger Things up Stranger Things Four Episode One. They destroy you. They destroy you. And I get the feeling that, especially considering the way Boston really gave away Game Seven against Miami, I get the feeling that this series is going to turn in a game so similar to how the Magic lost Game One in '95 and Game Four in 2009. There's going to be a game that Boston gives away that tilts this series that just puts Golden State completely in the driver's seat and is just very difficult to recover emotionally from. Um, That's kind of how Boston's played all postseason. Now, again, credit Boston. They came back, beat Milwaukee after that loss in Game 5, winning Game 6 on the road and Game 7 at home. They survived the Miami push, and they were able to get to this point, get to the NBA Finals. But um, obviously, there is still a lot, a lot to do. I'm one person, I'm watching it from the outside, but we want to get a champion's perspective on this. Thankfully, that is the power of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks to the Locked Today Today Podcast, Robert Ori, insert booing here, champion with the Houston Rockets, please continue booing now, Los Angeles Lakers and San Antonio Spurs joined us to preview the series. The Golden State Warriors are minus 150, the favorites in the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics. Joining me now, Robert Ory, seven-time NBA champion, is here courtesy of Bet Online. Check out Bet Online for all the up-to-date lines on the NBA Finals, Finals MVP, Finals props, and each and every game line. This is great to have you here. Why do you think, because the line has moved a little bit in, in the Celtics' favor, why do you think... There are people that like the Celtics matchup against the Warriors. Because the smart people know defense wins championships. Mm. And if you look at the Celtics team, they got two players on that team 
have made the all-defensive team. You know, smart, of course, defensive player of the year. But Robert Williams is one of those guys that he's an eraser. He can block shots. He can, you know, you know, he can erase a lot of mistakes that you make on the perimeter. And you think about you got Brown, Tatum, and Smart who can get up on people defensively and funnel them to that guy. Next thing you know, it's getting blocked. And if you look at the way, you know, Harford has been playing, he's turned back the hands of time. He's blocking <laughs> shots again. So if you, overall, I think that the, the, the Celtics is a better defensive team than the Warriors because even though you have Draymond Green, Green Clay Thompson is not the Clay Thompson of old who can do the things he's used to be able to do. And, and, and so I just think that's, that's a big key for them, for the Celtics, that is. How do you see defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, matching up with, with Steph Curry? Is that going to be something where you see that Marcus is going to pick him up 94 feet? Like, how do you think Smart is going to approach that assignment if he does get that assignment, which we assume he's going to? But you know what? I don't think it's going to be a one-man job. If you look at the Celtics, they one, two, three are all athletic guys, and you go to the two, Jalen, and go to the Tatum, they get taller. You know, it's like yeah. like the bars on a cell phone. And I think even, even though they like to do a lot of switching, I think they're 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 perfect for this matchup. It's a perfect matchup for the for the Celtics and when they got the guards, and because you know Clay is gonna be constant moving. And so sort of, you know, not the same as a Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero, but I think this what they just did against the Heat is like a a, a prelude to a preclude to what they're gonna do. And so I think they're gonna be fine defensively switching and getting ready for Steph. It sounds like you like the Celtics in this one. You know, all my Laker fans are going to be mad at me because they said you cannot <laughs> wear anything green. You can never root for the Celtics. I'm not rooting for the Celtics. You know, I, I would like to see my former teammate, Emil Duco, win his first championship. You know, so I would like for that to happen. But, you know, I just think being the basketball mindset, I just think that there, there's a good chance the Celtics to win this thing. All right, so we have some odds here. Celtics in six is plus 375. Celtics in seven is plus 650. If people are going to bet on it, what is what is your prediction if you like Boston? Six, seven? Hey, you know what? If you, you try to make some money, right? <laughs> that's, why you, that's why you gamble. And so I will go with the Celtics in seven because I think the Celtics have been a battle-tested team on the road. They've won a lot of games on the road. They just won the Eastern Conference on the road. And so I think they're ready. Not saying everybody would say, well, the, you know, the Heat is a different monster than, you know, the Warriors and blah, blah, blah. But I still think it all boils down to having confidence and playing well on the road and, and believing that you can win on the road. There has also been this discussion now, especially among Celtics fans, about what this Celtics team has had to face, what, particularly who had Jason Tatum has had to face. Kevin Durant in the first round, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the second round, Jimmy Butler on a heater no pun intended for Miami. And now Steph Curry, you're talking about at least three Pantheon guys, guys who are all time great players. Who do you think has the most on the line legacy wise in this series for whom would that one title you won seven, who would that one title mean the most for? You know, I'm going to go off script a little bit and, and I, I'm going to stop people from thinking this is going to be the greatest run ever by the Celtics. That's not true because you got Hornacek, set Carmelo. You got Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley. You got Dennis Rodman, uh, MVP, David Robinson. Then you got Shaquille and Penny. Now that is the greatest run in, back in 95. So when people say this might be the greatest run, stop it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because all these teams was 50, you know, 55, 50 plus win teams. And so I just think if you, if you look at this game and you have to pick an MVP you know, of course, it's, it's going to be Tatum, but 
this run that the Celtics are on is incredible. You know, don't get me wrong because they've been able to win on the road, which is key because you have to run on the road in order to win championship. That's if, unless you have home court advantage and you protect your home court. But I just think overall, when you look at the makeup of these two teams, they're similar. You know, Golden State Warriors, they were the Celtics six, seven years ago when they first entered the playoffs. And nobody thought they could win a championship. Next thing you know, they win a championship. Then the following season, they win all these games and don't win a championship. And then they get KD and they win two more. But I think if you look at the Celtics, there are so there are so many similarities with these teams that people are always going to say, oh, let's go with the veteran leadership. Let's go with the fan favorite and Steph. You know, this thing, this thing about it, because everybody wants Steph to win because we know he got robbed one time with the MVP in the finals. And then he's take, he took a step back and let KD come in to his team, which is Steph's team, and take two MVPs. And so I, 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 I do think Steph has a lot to prove, and his legacy is on the line when it comes to this because, you know, all the chatter now is about him not having an MVP in the finals, which we all know he was robbed of one, so let's, let's be real about that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at these MVP odds as you're talking about the MVP and and we expect Curry and Tatum right at the top in terms of the odds. You're not getting really good value there. I'm looking at Jalen Brown, 10 to one. I'm looking at Draymond 22 to one. Like if he really turned it up defensively, people forget in that game seven against the Cavs, he had a triple double in that game. He was the best warrior on the floor in that game. I'm looking at Marcus smart at 40 to one. It seems like you're, you can get some good value and we've seen, including in this Warriors run, that it's not always the stars who win these finals MVPs. It's true. You know, for me, if if I wanted to take the odds, I'm, I'm going to eliminate the top three automatically. And I don't I don't think Clay is, you know, you know, Clay is a game five, game six type of player. But me, I would go with Andrew Wiggins. If I had to mm. pick someone with the odds, I would go with Andrew Wiggins, who is 20 to one. And think about it. He has started to come into his own. Yeah. He, after that dunk on, on Luca, <laughs> all of a sudden this dude is smiling big. He's he's enthusiastic. He's playing hard, and he's an all star. You know, I think some people forget he was an all star. I think this is a good way in the biggest stage to show everybody that the all star uh, committee didn't make a mistake. So if I had to take all the, because I don't think Draymond Green he don't shoot he doesn't shoot enough, and he's gonna have to guard too many people, so he's gonna be all over the board that. So if you look down that list of people and you want to say oh, odds maker, to me, I would take Andrew Wiggins 20 to one. That is, I, I mean, that, that's bold. I love it. Uh, I think you're right that that he he seems to be a different player. Just in the Warriors, just in Golden State, he seems to have been unlocked a little bit, whether that's Steve Kerr, whether that's just him feeling more comfortable. We're talking about legacy. And you have been on some teams that have gone on these multi-year runs that have been what we, we might consider dynastic, right? There have been some discussions here. If the Warriors win one, that because it's the Clay, Steph, Draymond core with Steve Kerr, that this has to be considered part of the Warriors run and that we have to call them a dynastic team. Where do you fall on that discussion? If they win one, are they a dynasty? You know what? It's, it's, I will put them in that category as a dynasty. <clears throat> you know, if you, if you, because they was riddled with injuries, Right. Two years. Clay was out and Steph went out. You know, you, you say, OK, we'll give him we'll give him a Phil Jackson asterisk by those two years. But if they were to get back to the mountaintop and win this year, I, I would put them, you know, you got one more step to be a dynasty. And then if they go to the finals again, then I would give them a dynasty. But, you know, think about this. 
they gave us a dynasty in the Lakers. We won three in a row. And next thing you know, they dismount the team. They go back and lose. It's considered a dynasty. So, you know, if you to me, there's only been, you know, three dynasties in this Bulls, the Celtics and the Lakers, because they're in a situation where they went six plus championships. You know, I, I, that's what you look at. But in this day, in this era, you can give them a dynasty. I think I think. You, I, I, I would, I would consider the Spurs, the Tim Duncan, Greg Popovich Spurs in that mix, but they never won back-to-back titles, and so it depends on how you want to qualify it. Sustained success, not always enough. I, I think if you're a Boston fan, you're going, why can't we have that sustained run? We've got these two young superstars, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, who's coming into his own a little bit defensively. It seems like they've unlocked some things with him as their pure point guard in initiating offense because he doesn't have to create for everyone. They've got Tatum and Brown who can create for themselves. I mean, this, what, what do you think the chances are that they could be not the next dynasty, but the next team that you have to deal with in the Eastern conference? Like, okay, they're going to be there every year until further notice. You know, I, I think you look down that line and you says, okay, Tatum first team max Brown, max smart, max. These are super max contracts. These guys potentially can get. So right. now we're, you know, if you, since I cover the Lakers, the Lakers got $40 million guys, three forty million guys, they can't get nobody else on the team unless they do some hell of a drafting, you know, and, and they get those guys that's going to be there, but it boils down to payday, man. If you're going to stick around and get paid, or you're going to have that one falter and say, Oh, you know, we didn't win a championship. We need to make a move because, you know, they exported us in this area. We need to get someone in and they trade one of those guys, you know, People do dumb things like that. Well, GMs, I should say. So I think they have the potential to make a long run. They're just going to have to stick together and do what a Tim Duncan would do and say, you know what, I'm going to take less money. So you can sign a Tony Park, you sign a Manu Ginobili. But are these guys now, you know, selfless enough with this? Say, hey, you know what? I don't want to make 40 million. I make 30 million. You know, I, I don't think so. I think every, now, every guy now is trying to get their bag so they can say, you know what? At one point in my career, I was making 50, 40 million, whatever it may be. So I don't, that's going to be the key though. It boils down to money. If they can keep that team together. All right. Not a finals question, but I can't talk to big shot Bob and not ask you this question. Which of your big shots is your favorite? You know, um, I grew up a Lakers fan, a huge Magic Johnson fan. And one of my biggest thrills before I even made to the NBA, I got to play one-on-one with Magic when I was being scouted by the Lakers coming out of college, coming out of University of Alabama. So the shot I made against the Sacramento Kings in 2001 to win that game is probably my favorite. And I, don't get me wrong, I love what I did in Houston. I love what I did in San Antonio. But everything I did in, in San Antonio was on the road, game five on the road. But this was at home in Staples Center. And the ego comes into play where you want to hear that crowd chant your name, man. And you run off the court and the crowd still chanting your name. You're in the locker room. You can still hear them chanting your name. So I think that shot, it, it, it takes over all the other shots just for the ego. You know, we are all as athletes got some type of ego. And I think for me, that just takes over because I had the Laker fans chanting my name. They weren't chanting Shaq. They weren't chanting Kobe. They were chanting Ori. So that's a big plus for me. Uh, and I can't believe I have to say this, uh, uh, Mr. Ori. Uh, never question the the heart of a champion. There, there, my man. Never, never question the heart of a champion. Um, 
that's the last. Uh, now I just have to throw up in my mouth a, a little bit after, after that. Uh, thanks to Robert Ori for, for sitting with us here on the Locked On Podcast. There were some great insight on what's going to be a really fantastic finals matchup between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. Tip-off is tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Get a complete recap of the game on the Locked On NBA Podcast. And, of course, check out the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast to keep you up to date on NBA draft stuff as well. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in. Hit Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey. All the places all our podcasts to your podcast enable listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Um, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We're continuing to do draft previews. We're doing playoff lessons. We're doing off-season prep. There's a lot going on on Orlando Magic Daily. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter there at omagicdaily. I'm always responsive. You can always find me and ask any question you want. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about Chet Holmgren. Get your get your questions answered uh, from Locked On Gonzaga. But until then, for Orlando Magic, we'll see you next time for another episode. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.